0: You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him. For that means life to you, and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to
1: Jacob. The word of the Lord.
2: a reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, I did not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you as milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now, you are still not ready, for you are still of the flesh, for as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you. You are not of the flesh. And behaving according to human inclinations, for one for when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, you are not merely human. Then what is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted Apollos water, but gave growth, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. The word of the Lord.
3: And go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell.
1: It was also said,
3: whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those ancient times, You shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, and do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The gospel of the Lord. with a cleaned-up heart. It wasn't enough to simply follow that rule about not committing adultery. The kingdom of God can only come to fruition when we stop objectifying people altogether, even if only with our eyes and our minds. It wasn't enough for men of Jesus' time to follow protocol and write a divorce certificate when they turned their wives. Out into the streets. You see, unless she had her own source of wealth, that divorce certificate left her destitute. Jesus commanded more compassion than that. You get the point. This gospel is not a 21st century set of moralistic rules. It is a call to be more than the rules of our time and place, the rules of the world ask us to be. A command from our God of love to do more than we are asked to do, especially when society has given us more voice and privilege than others. To whom much is given, much is to be expected. There is a stark difference between what society demands of us and what Jesus demands of us. The world asks us to spread ourselves thin. Jesus asks us to go deeper. The world gives us access to more resources than most. Jesus tells us to use restraint and use less. The world asks us to consume. Jesus tells us to share. The world wants to use us up. Jesus wants to fill us up. The world tells us that our personal wealth is ours. Jesus tells us to give it away until everyone has enough, and not more than enough. There is an uncomfortably vast landscape between, between where we are and where Jesus is asking us to go. On my very first Sunday with you, in August of 2012. I told you some of the wonderful things that you as a community were doing, according to your website, which was my main source at that point. I told you that these things had compelled me to join you, all of this is still true, more so even, as my main source has become you. I still believe that the air in this church is infused holy molecules, infused with prayer because of the depth of the healing prayer ministry. I still feel fed by the transcendent, beautiful music of the week after week. I still feel inspired by the steadfast work of outreach, handcrafts, the arts council, the lay Eucharistic visitors, the dedicated church school teachers, the amazing joy and energy of our children and our youth. The list goes on, I see you, I adore you, and you are indeed doing more than the world asks of you, simply by being here doing all the wonderful things you do. That said, Jesus is asking for more. Jesus is pushing us, you and me, to more make space for it. You will need to do less of what the world is asking us to do. Whatever the world commands of us, we must ask, is this thing essential to the mission of love that our baptism commissions us into? If it is not, it is expendable. Right now, the world, the institution of the church actually, has allowed Trinity Church to sit here on Elm Street in a highly resourced town, with a new $7 million building, an amazing staff, two gorgeous worship spaces, and the best music this side of Boston, right? And in this great comfort, we worry about whether or not we have enough. And whether or not those among us are doing enough. I have heard more conversations than I can count about what others should be doing that the office should be open for more hours, that people should be giving more, that there should be a more robust youth group, that younger generations should volunteer more, that we should be more political, that we should be less political. (laughs) I too am guilty of prescribing actions for other people's lives, and of seeing scarcity where So much abundance. And, before I go, I need to say that these should-based conversations and scarcity-based worries are keeping us from seeing where Jesus is urging us to go next. They are a smokescreen, blocking us from our fullest potential as agents of God's abundant love. A world of commercialism tells us we don't have enough. And a culture of online reviews invites us to comment endlessly on the offerings of other people. Jesus invites us to look inside and find the offering that is asking to be born in us and then look around with pure gratitude at the abundance of what everyone else is offering. There is a striking difference in these two ways to be. And the Jesus way is full of grace, inspires creativity, and leads us to more. You are already amazing. I have actually given you a five-star review online. (laughs) Because the world asks. I couldn't imagine a better place to learn at <coughs> least. Few, if any, of my seminary colleagues landed in such an affirming, loving, dedicated, inspiring community of fellow travelers. I can't even begin to express my gratitude. And I can't find words to express how deeply I known this. If I push you a little today, maybe it's to ease the transition. Maybe it's because I trust you enough to push you. Maybe it's because I know you trust me enough to know that I am pushing myself as much as I am pushing you. But mostly, I push because Jesus' push toward more has gotten stronger as of late. And I would be remiss to preach that. I truly believe that Jesus loves us just as we are, and I believe, as the writer Anne Lamott often says, that Jesus loves us too much to leave us where we are. We live in this tension. Um, and sit, up, of course, up here, and everyone else wait. <laughs> and I didn't stone. I'm going to give more
2: And having witnessed Becky becoming a priest in this community because of you all, do you, the people of Trinity Church, recognize and accept the conclusion of this pastoral relationship?
4: Amen. Oh God, you have bound us together for a time as priests and people to work for the advancement of your reign on earth in this place. We give you humble and hearty thanks for the ministry which we have shared. We thank you, and we bless you. We thank you for your patience with us, despite our blindness and slowness of heart. We thank you for your forgiveness and mercy. We thank you, and we bless you. Especially we thank you for your never-failing presence with us through these years, and for the deeper knowledge of you and each other and the world we serve. We thank you. We thank you for those who have been joined to this part of Christ's family through baptism, confirmation, and marriage. We thank you for opening the hearts and minds of children and young people that together with them we might be fed by your sacraments. We pray for the universal church, the nation, the welfare of the world and all who suffer, especially those in our parish prayer list. We are thankful for your presence with each other. We thank you for your presence with each of us in the trials of life. We pray for St. Paul's Church in Dayton as they become Becky, as they welcome Becky and her family. Trusting that we are one body, we celebrate your work in all places. We thank you and bless you. We pray for those whom we have loved, whose lives we have celebrated and whose spirits live with you in eternity. We thank you and bless you. Now we pray, be with those who leave and with us who stay, with Becky, Greg, Elsie, and Eli as they take their leave of this parish. Be with the vestry of this church as they are commissioned this day. Grant that all of us, drawing ever nearer to you, may always be close to each other in the communion of your saints. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord.
2: Amen. O Lord our God, accept the of prayers of your people and the multitudes of your mercies. Look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O Lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Herr Präsident! Let's the best who are engaged in his work, perform it with diligence? I will. Will you faithfully and reverently execute the duties of your ministry to the honor of God and the benefit of the members of this congregation? I will. Everybody. The Lord gives wisdom from God's mouth, from
1: knowledge and understanding.
2: He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. right into the parish hall so she can have the cake. So I encourage everybody, let's just all go over there and look will the everything there. If you're visiting with us, we're especially glad you're here. Please visit the welcome table and give us your name. This is obviously sort of a family day, but we're delighted that you're here. Um, The thing we always say at Trinity Church is that at this table here, God's table, there are no outcasts, no strangers, and no unwanted guests. All are welcome to come and peace at the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. So please do come and be dead. Let us walk in love, as Christ loves us and gave Himself as an offering and sacrifice. Lord be with you. you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is bright and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Because of the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of The night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins whenever you drink
1: it, do this for the remembrance of me.
2: Therefore, according to his command, O Father,
1: we we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection,
2: we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine, We pray, you gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where with all your saints you may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the Church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honoring glory glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray.
3: Take them in remembrance
2: that Christ died for you and feed off him. Eternal God.
3: Luckily the two trumpets, our friend Robin and Greg, have offered to bring us this blessing.